Um, chaplain Rick is the chaplain for Good News Jail and Prison Ministry that he's um, in the prisons and jails all the time of his own choice, right? Um, and they're uh, ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ um, to those who are there. And so we believe in what he's doing there. We're thankful for his ministry there. And as you can see, the artwork is we're revisiting our series, Missional Moments, to continually throughout time throughout the year and even in the future, we're going to revisit this concept of living missional and, and being about the Father's business and, and what He has commissioned us to do. So today, uh, also, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, I guess now at this point, something like that, a year and a half, maybe more now, right before COVID hit, uh, we had been in the jails weekly on Monday nights having a church service with the ladies that were in jail. And um, we are looking forward to getting that started back up again. And so he might talk about that a little bit, but he's also going to bring the word this morning. So having said that, uh, let's give a hand to Chaplain Rick. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Amen. Good morning. It's always good to, uh, to be here and worship with you. And uh, I count it an incredible honor and responsibility to bring God's word for you. And uh, I just want to... Praise God, like I did the first service, just incredible time of worshiping God with you. I, I don't know about you, but it could really feel the presence of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So I don't want just a visit from God. I want him to come take up habitation in my life. That way, wherever I go, he's there. He is there. So with that, I want to start this question, just ask you this question. Did you come to church this morning to worship Jesus? Or did you come worshiping Jesus to church? And think about that for a second. Did you come here to worship Jesus? Or were you worshiping Jesus on your way here? And you just continued that as you came in. The title of my message this morning is called, is called Distracted because there's a lot of things that distract us. In fact, some of you might have been distracted on the way here or you were behind someone at the stop sign that was distracted because as the light turns green, their head's down. Oh, they want to catch up on the latest and then you, you honk the horn and oh. Or you might have been that person that got honked at before. It's happened a few times to me, to be honest. So if that was one of you, I apologize. Um, None of you were on the road this morning when I came to church. So. But, uh, so there's a lot of things that distract us in life, especially this last little over year and a half. A lot of things have distracted not only you and me, but us corporately as a church. And I really believe God wants to speak to us about that this morning. So with that, I'm going to jump right in. In Luke chapter 10, there's a script. You might know the story about when Jesus comes and has... Uh, is videos with visiting with Martha and Mary. So let's pick up in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Some of you have felt that way before. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but a few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, 
and it will not be taken away from her. So imagine this, you see, at the home of Mary and Martha, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is in the house. But I want to tell you, Jesus is in the house today. He is here. In fact, Scripture says, we'll bear witness where two or more are gathered in his name. How many of you are here in his name? Come on, I'm not alone. There's two of us. Okay, so we got it covered. Two or more gathered. He's here. That's not just theory. That's not theoretical talk. That is fact. He is here. And the first service didn't get this, but just I just feel right. And wherever the presence of the Lord is, there is power to heal. So if you need healing in his body, I trust God can do that without anybody having to touch you or pray for you. We leave that in his hands. But Martha began worried. It says she was worried or she was distracted by all the preparations. She's worried about many things. See, there's a lot of things that we get distracted by, but what Martha was doing was important. Any of you ever done a, a dinner party? And there's a lot of preparation that goes in that. Every year I do a, a banquet at Blue Harbor, about 500 people that come. And there's a lot involved in doing that. I don't have to do the cooking. I pay Blue Harbor to do that. But there's a lot of preparation for that. So Martha had all this preparation to do. But what she did and what Jesus was talking about said Mary had chosen what was best. Only one thing was needed and Mary had chosen. So what was needed was above everything was to sit at the feet of Jesus and allow Jesus to speak to her. You see, a lot of times what Martha did, she put the preparations as a higher priority than sitting and listening to Jesus. With us, there's many times we put a priority over God's word in our life. If you have a trouble getting things done during the day, I want to challenge you. Start with God's word. Get up a little bit earlier if you have to. Spend time in God's word. Allow him to speak to you through his word. And I promise you this, that you'll find your day goes easier. You maybe have more patience, maybe trying, but you have more patience, you'll get more accomplished with a whole lot less frustrations. I have found that out in my life, and it's true. It works. And so Martha made a higher priority was preparations, doing stuff, rather than sitting at the feet of Jesus. She had an opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet. We have an opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet every day. He says we can come boldly in his throne room of grace. But there's a lot of things going on over the last over a year and a half, COVID. There's so many distractions. But listen what the Bible says, and all you have to do is look at the news. If you want to be depressed, I tell you, turn on the news. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. Listen what it says. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. Anybody see terrible times going on? There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, they go through the motions, but deny its power, have nothing to do with such people. I know about you, but this was written over, over 2,000 years ago, and it hits home exactly where we are in 2021. It's a description of today. And Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 says this, As it was in the days of Noah, 
So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So why are we surprised when we see all this stuff going on in the world? No, Jesus told us that. That's why we sit at Jesus' feet. We're not surprised. It doesn't take us. It doesn't, it doesn't cause us to go and start to worry and wonder what's going on in the world. It helps us to, to stay focused on him. But all this stuff going on in the world, trying to get your attention, trying to get your eyes off of Jesus, and many times you do. This last year, I've seen in the body of Christ so much distraction from what we are here for. So with all that going on in our lives, what should we do? I mean, all this stuff's going on. What do you think the Lord wants us to do? What should we do so that we can be and do everything God's called us to do? And there's three things I believe God put on my heart to share. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The first thing is, one, is we need to be obedient. We need to obey God's word over everything. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. That's what Jesus said. That's not what the preacher said. That's what Jesus said. If you love me, obey. In Matthew chapter 14 is a story. If you remember when Peter walked on the water, Jesus had walked on the water. And when they came out in the middle of the night, and there was a storm. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, if it's you, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Jesus simply said, come. And if you read the account, it says that Peter got down out of the boat and he started walking towards you. He's doing the impossible. He's walking on the water. He's doing it. He obeyed Jesus. But then there's a three-letter word that changes everything. He's walking on the water, coming towards Jesus, but you ever had a but moment? Well, I know I should, but I had every intention to, but it says, but when he saw the waves being in fear, he began to sink. He got his eyes off of Jesus and on his problems. Many Christians that I've seen just, I probably should admit this, but I look on social media. I have a Facebook account. There's a lot of times I wish I didn't have it, but my ministry, that's how we communicate with each other a lot of times. But many people got their eyes off the Lord and got sucked in to all this stuff that's on social media. They were distracted, just like Martha was, distracted from what God wanted to, from us. Abraham, when, if you remember the story, Abraham had a little boy, Isaac, that he loved. And one day God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to take that son that you love and I want you to go on the mountain that I will show you. And there, on the mountain, I want you to sacrifice him to me as an offering. I know what you would say or what I would say. But it said early the next morning, Abraham got up. And he set out for a three-day journey. Three days. Why was it three days? One, I believe because God gave him an opportunity to really think about what he was doing. And yet he obeyed. Now, in fact, you know the story. When he was about to plunge the dagger into his boy, God said, don't harm the boy. I promise you that day, Isaac was so glad dad was listening to God. We need to listen to God. Noah, when God came to him and told him he wanted him to build a boat. What for? He wasn't near water. It rained. What's that? But it says that he obeyed God. 
And we know the rest. And you and I are here is because Noah obeyed God. Did you know we're related? We got the same parents twice. Noah and his wife, we go back a little bit further than family tree, Adam and Eve. So we're all family here. So one, we need to be obedient. And obedience needs to be, we need to quickly obey God. If you ever had a child that's going to run out in the street and mom and dad says, stop, come here. What happens if they don't immediately obey? So we need to immediately obey when God calls us to do something that's for our good. So the first thing we need to do is be obedient. The second thing we need to do is stay focused. We need to stay focused because many things will distract us. If you're driving and you don't stay focused, what happens? I had a good friend. If you saw his car, you would have thought, in fact, when the deputies rolled up on it, they thought for sure there was a fatality. He was driving, paying attention, but the Amazon Prime driver in his van didn't. It completely ripped the front end of his car off. He survived, had a scratch on his arm. I saw the new Jeep that he just got. He was paying attention, but the driver wasn't. We need to pay, pay attention. We need to stay focused. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and Hebrews 12 follows Hebrews 11, the great hall of fame of faith, of the faithful of God. Incredible story, and it says, and then it goes on, because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, they are the witnesses testifying the faithfulness and goodness of God. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. What hinders you from following God? We need to get rid of it, cast off, throw off. That's something we have to do. We need to get rid of things. We need to take inventory of things in our life that are distracting us from God. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. When I think of someone running, if your legs are entangled, you don't get very far. We need to get rid of that. The Bible says sin easily entangles us. And, that, and it says to run with perseverance the race marked out before you. How can you run a race when your feet are tangled up and stuff? That's why the Bible says that sin, get rid of the sin that so easily entangles us. And how we do it, one, ask God. Ask God to show you. Sometimes we know what's hindering us. That's when we need to decide. Choose what's best. But God, it's so fun, but I want to do that. I don't want to be the... Uh, get rid of those things. Mary chose what is best, and that will not be taken from her sin. So let us run with perseverance, the race marked up for us, fixing your eyes on Jesus. This has become a life-saving scripture for me. There's times where we can get so distracted when I realize that that one, we need to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. If Peter, when he was walking his water, his eyes were fixed on Jesus. Then he had one of those butt moments that we seem to have. Got his eyes off Jesus, saw the storm, felt overwhelmed. And with that, it says, with fear, he began to sink. I've sat with many men and women in jail, and I've heard many say, Chaplain Rick, I'm losing my faith or I lost my faith. 
And I've learned something over the years. If you listen to God, he'll give you words and he'll show you things. I realize they haven't lost their faith. They lost their focus. They lost their focus. And we get our focus back on Jesus. What happened with Peter when he got his focus back? Oh, they go back to the boat together and climbed in. So what's distracting you? Especially the last year and a half since COVID hit, many have been distracted by the things going on in the world. What's distracting you? What is causing you or keeping you from focusing on Jesus? Facebook has kept a lot of people from focusing on Jesus. They get all their opinions and get all their news on Facebook. Not a good place. So what's keeping you really from following wholeheartedly with Jesus. And a lot of times we don't even realize. We don't even realize that we've been led astray or we've gotten off. Is because with COVID, a lot of things happened. Church shut down and no one was coming to church. I remember one church. In fact, I remember one church I was preaching at. It was me and the camera guy in a big sanctuary. And you got to remember to stay focused. But I realized you try to look beyond all this and focus on who you're talking to. We gotta look beyond all this stuff and keep our eyes focused on Jesus. But I've found during all this, all this stuff that has caused people to get their eyes off Jesus, one, two things that God has really spoke to me and showed me and that I wanna share with you this morning. One, one thing that has caused the church to lose focus is this thing called critical race theory. Yeah, I'm going there critical race theory, because what the enemy has done, he's taken critical race, which I will talk about in a minute, and put the word theory on and completely got our eyes off of the critical race and distracted by this critical race theory. See, I believe there's two races that God cares about, the human race and this critical race. The Apostle Paul equates life as a race. And listen to what he says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. We need to stay focused on the race. Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 says this, You were running a good race. You were doing great. You were doing it wonderfully. Who cut in on you and keep, kept you from obeying the truth? In other words, what helped you, what happened that got your eyes off the Lord? There's a lot of things this last year and a half could have done. But think about this. At one time, you maybe had a red-hot relationship with the Lord. The church doors were open, you were there. They couldn't be open fast enough. You were on fire for the Lord. All you did was talk about the Lord. You couldn't wait to come. You couldn't wait to fellowship. You were reading his word. You were praying. You were doing nothing but listening to worship music in the car. But something happened. Now, maybe you're not as hot as you were. And some of you watching online, maybe you were coming here all the time, but when everything was shut down, you got in the habit of staying home now. I just want to encourage you, come back. We're not the same without you. You're part of this family. We need family. I love being around family. I get to drive to Florida in a week and a half and see my family. My nephew's getting married, and so I'm looking forward to it. 
We need you back here. We need family. You are family. We are family. But what's kept us away? In fact, the Bible talks about this term when we start wandering away from God. Because see, wandering is an accidental thing. And that's what happened, I believe, to many in the body of Christ. They've wandered. They've been distracted. And they get away from the Lord, don't realize it. And the Bible term goes, they begin to wax cold. They get away from the fire of God. The Bible talks about God being a consuming fire. As you get away, you begin to wax cold, and you don't even realize it. And then some that has happened, and maybe if that's you, it's time to come back. You know, Revelations, the Bible says about you lost your first love. The day and age we're living in, Look at the signs and look where we're at in all of history with the Lord's soon return. So you are running a good race. Who cut in on you? Evaluate your life. What's been going on? What's changed that's not been for the good? Acts 20 verse 24 says, they say, Apostle Paul, however, I consider my life nothing. My only aim is to finish the race. We're in this race called life to finish it. You don't want to pull up short with a hamstring. You don't want to get distracted and not cross the finish line. When I ran cross country in high school, that was a few years ago, we would, before we would run the race, we would walk the course. We'd go at the course marsh, we'd watch, walk to the course, because in cross country, we literally ran over the river, through the woods, past grandma's house, through cemeteries, over, through creeks, through creeks. But we would walk the course because there was, it's very easy to get distracted. Like going through the cemetery, they say, when you get to this mausoleum, make sure you turn. They couldn't put a sign in the cemetery. They wouldn't let us. So we, you had to pay attention and look at where you were going. You had to stay focused on where you were going. You didn't rely on the guy that's behind you to pass you up so you could follow him. Or if we didn't go and walk the course, we'd have a map. They'd go over it with us. But we had to stay focused on what we were doing because when you're running a race, you don't want to get lost. You don't want to take a wrong turn. And across country, we would run up hills all the time because sometimes you get the course, you had to run uphill. It wasn't easy. And sometimes life, we got to go uphill because it's not easy. But God will give us the strength. And so the one thing we, that, that has caused us to lose our focus is this whole thing about getting our eyes off the critical race. The second thing that I've seen that has caused the body of Christ to lose focus are these many mandates. There's a lot of them out there, and some people like them, some people don't like them, but then we begin to champion mandates or begin to champion anti-mandates. All the while, we get our eyes off of God's mandate. And I'm fortunate to say that's what's happened this last year and a half in the body of Christ. If you stand back and see, look, you will see it. And we've neglected, as a body of Christ, God's mandate. Did you know he has a mandate for the church? Well, I'm here today to champion God's mandates. Here's what he says to us in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him... He will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, 
The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world is God's plan all along. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked or you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. And one that's dear to my heart, I was in prison and you came to visit me. And you know, the rest of it, he said, when did we, he said, whatever you've done to the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you've done it unto me. We have a mandate from God to do those things. But we can't do that when we're letting all these other mandates push us away from each other and we focus on that. We're not focusing on what God called us to do. You and I are here for one reason and one reason only, to do his work. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, his job was finished. Ours just started. We have a task to do. Jesus, when he was a young boy of 12, Remember when his parents had lost him? They, they couldn't find him. And he was back in the temple. They'd go a day's journey. So they'd come back and look for him another day. And when they found him, his answer says, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? We must be about our father's business. The world needs you and me to be about our father's business. The world doesn't need us distracted from what God's called us to do. So one thing we need to do is we need to obey. We need to get our focus back. And the third thing that we need to do is to shine Jesus. The world needs you and the world needs me to shine Jesus to this lost world. You see, where light needs to shine isn't in the bright daylight. It's in the dark recesses of the world, the dark places and I have an opportunity to do that. And I could think one of the darkest places in our world is in a jail cell or prison cell. And God has sent me there to be a light. And he's given this church an opportunity. As Pastor Seam was saying, before the pandemic hit and everything was shut down, every Monday night, a team from Word of Grace was going into the jail and doing church service for the women. They would record the Sunday service. And they put it on flash drive. And they go in and plug it into a 55-inch TV that Word of Grace donated to them. And they join in and worship, the same worship we had. They hear the same message that we were hearing. And many got to hear the word of God for the first time. And an opportunity to put their faith in the same God, the same uh, Savior that you and I have. An opportunity to do that. And then that got shut down, but now it's opening back up again. And my trust is that God is stirring hearts. In fact, they're, one of the things they're waiting for, and they did build an, a, a team that can be sustaining and to go in and do that. And so we're waiting for a team from Word of Grace to build up, to come in on Monday nights to bring church services to the women. So that's an incredible opportunity. And if you would like to do that, you can contact the church. Laura Otten is the one that heads that up. You can contact her. And I, my trust is that God's stirring some hearts here for that. I tell you what, you get your focus back on that and you go. In fact, this last, last week, I got an opportunity I got a request from one of the young ladies that was in jail. She was hurting, and she asked to please see me. So I went in. I spent about an hour with her. And while I was there, she began to just open up and share. She was so angry at God. She was angry 
at God because over a 10-year period, five of her friends died, all overdose-related. During that time, she overdosed six times, and yet she's still here. And she even told me, she said, I have survivor's guilt. I'm so angry at God. Why did he keep me around but took my friends? She was angry and hurt. And she told me, she said, Jesus, I, lo I love Jesus, but she says, and I understand they're the same, but I kind of look so I can get it. I look at him as my bigger brother who's there protecting me. But the father, he's angry at me and says no to me and is, doesn't care about me and doesn't care if I'm hurting. So I got to spend time with her. and We cried together. I got to the point when I'm in there, I cry. I don't care what anyone thinks. My heart just broke for her. My daughter is a little bit older than her. And just being there, just sharing. Oh, and then as we began to share, the Bible says these are words of hope, words of life. As I began to share, and when it ended, it was great. And a couple days later, I forgot to share this first service. A couple days later, I'm walking in, in, I was at the jail, and the social worker that was there, then we passed this young lady, and the social worker asked her, how are you doing? She said, I am doing great. And the social worker like, wow, you don't hear something like that too often around here. And then she turned around to me and said something that I had mentioned to her. I had mentioned to her that the longer I've walked with the Lord, I, my prayers have gotten so simple. I find myself many times throughout the day just saying a simple prayer, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I find myself thanking him about anything and everything. But I've also learned I like saying thank you, Jesus, a whole lot better than I like saying, help me, Jesus, or forgive me, Jesus. Because even in times of crisis, I can say thank you, Jesus, because his word says he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. I can rely on him. He's going to get me through if I get my eyes focused on him because the very thing that was going to destroy Peter or he's afraid of, Jesus let him walk on it. The very thing that you're afraid of or crisis in your life, God can cause that to be the very thing that propels you to come to him. And so after she says, and I'm doing great to the social worker, and she was, the social worker's kind of blown away, she looks at me and she said, I'm just saying thank you, Jesus, and I'm not even thinking about it. And she said, I caught myself saying thank you, Jesus. She said, then I remember what you said. That was absolutely awesome. I saw her again yesterday. She's just beaming. Beaming. And they're waiting for people like you to come in on Mondays. So I want to push that. It's an incredible time. We've recently just got open to do, again, doing church services. So we need to shine for Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. This is what it says. So shining Jesus. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Hello. I just stepped on a few toes. Mine too. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so you may become blameless and pure. You want to be blameless and pure in God's sight? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Well, I don't want to do that. Do it in a way that honors Jesus. Then you become pure and blameless. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Holy cow, we lived in the time of a warped and crooked generation more than any time in my life that I remember. 
And Jesus said, that I want you to shine like stars. So we will be pure and blessed without falling work in a crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you firmly hold the word of life. Light draws people to it in the darkness. You might get some critters, you might get some bugs, but that's all right because God's a God of transformation, amen? Remember, a butterfly was a caterpillar, and sometimes you look at a caterpillar, it's like, eww. God transforms. Next, Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. Remember, we need to shine Jesus, especially, listen to what he says it's going to be like. For the time will come when people not put up with sound doctrine. It sound like today? This was written over 2,000 years ago, but it sure sounds like today. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers that will say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And here's another but moment for you and me. Look at the next word, verse 5. But you. I understand this was written by Paul to Timothy, but God's word is alive and active. God's word still speaks to us today, and I believe that that's God's word for you and for me. But you, me, you, keep your head in all situations. With all this stuff, the pandemic that's going on, and all the confusion, and all the stuff that's going on, it seems like everything's going down the tubes. Keep your head in all situations. Someone needs to be that light shining in the darkness, and God, can God count on you? You see, we don't have light of our own. We're like the moon. All we can do is reflect the sun. Good analogy, huh? Only I'm talking about the S-O-N. The world needs you and me to be the moon and reflect the sun, Jesus, to this world. In every situation, endure hardship. You know why it says endure hardship? I read to you that there's going to be terrible times. He was right. We are. And it's probably going to get worse. That's all right. I got a big God. I just have to stand on his shoulders. All I have to do is lean on him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything you go through, shine for Jesus. Beam Jesus. That's why you're here. That's why he didn't take you home the moment you put your faith in Christ. He wants you to shine Jesus to this lost world. And when the earth gets between the moon and the sun, the moon goes dark and can't give out light. Don't let the world get between you and Jesus. And I think that's spiritually what has happened during this whole pandemic time is the world, the ways of the world, the things of this world have gotten between us, the church, and Jesus. So we can't shine as bright as we can, as we should. So endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist and discharge all the duties of your ministry. I want to tell you something. You, God has a ministry for you. You are a minister. You are an evangelist. Evangelist means one who, gives, who shares good news. That's what you and I are supposed to do. That's why we're here. You have a ministry that God has ordained you to do. The good works that he ordained ahead of time for you to do, that's your ministry. He has something for you to do. He needs you to be active and be there, to be obedient, to be available, and discharge the duties of your ministry for him. He will show you what it is. And I want to close with this thought because the devil has a way of beating us down, doesn't he? 
And he has spent the last over a year and a half doing that to many. Beating you down. Thinking that there's nothing you can do for the Lord. You certainly can. And I, and I pray these thoughts, this closing thought will just kind of really speak to you. And I really believe this. Your life has a purpose. God has a purpose and a plan for all your lives. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11 states that. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He has a purpose for your life. Your story is important. Nobody can tell your story but you. And no one can tell it like you can tell it. You know everything you've gone through. And you know what God's delivered you from. God will bring you to people's lives that are going through what you're going through. And you can share. Because that young lady last week that I talked to, she shared some things that I was able to share with from my life that were identical what she went through. And she even said when she got that and understood that, and she saw where I am, that there is hope for her. And hope began to well up in her. And that's why two days later she can say, I'm doing great. Thank you, Jesus, Chapman Rick. Awesome. I walked out and I talked to someone. I wanted to talk to me. I said, man, I just did this. I said, God reminded me all over again why I do what I do. So incredible. And what did I say? Thank you, Jesus. I got out to my car. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Your story is important. Your dreams count. Your voice matters. And I really believe, truly believe this, please. That you were put on this earth to make an impact. Jesus wants you to make an impact. And the world needs it now more than ever before. We need to get our focus on Jesus and quit being distracted. Jesus, thank you so much, first of all, for your incredible love. Why you were able to love us, only you can do that. And we praise you. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Now, Lord, I pray we would use that light that you shine on us to reflect you to this world so that they might go. Lord, you truly love the human race. And we are running in a critical race. It's truly life and death. So give us the strength to continue. Help us to stay focused on the course that you've laid out before us so we don't turn aside to myths, so we don't turn aside to distractions. We don't need to stop and smell the roses. We need to continue and run to that old rugged cross. And so, Lord, we thank you. We love you. Lord, I pray that you would touch every heart here. Use them. Open up their eyes to see what you have for them. And as they go out of this place today, Lord, I pray they would shine, Jesus, shine, and cause this whole world to see the risen King.